0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. We've had a week off and we're back on the back of two losses, Scotty. First, we lost to the Cronulla Sharks, 18 points to six, and we lost the series last night in the state of origin. How are you on this dark and depressing day?
0: Well, you've painted a good picture. Pretty depressed, pretty pissed off, to be honest. Um, But I would say... I would have. I'm more, i more. was more upset that the sharks lost, to be honest, than watching New South Wales lose. I prefer my bulldogs over New South Wales. Well, let's get um, to
1: that. 18 points to six in the worst conditions you'll ever see at a modern stadium. I reckon it turned into a bit of a water polo <laughs> game at times, uh, and that rain was about as hard as it gets. Um, it was a bit of a. Bit of an odd game in the fact that at halftime, it felt like we were in it and, uh the Cruella Sharks. Um, I think overall, though, just uh, looked like the better side from the beginning, moving the ball around a lot easier, um, making a lot of metres for the Bulldogs than the other way around, from my view.
0: No, I agree. Um, <clears throat> it's really... I want to actually congratulate the 8,000 people who turned up to that game. Over 8,000 fans uh, turned up in... What you had to swim back to the station, or you know, to your back yeah. to your car, or whatever. Hey, have you got to the? the, to the well, if that or... game that game was played at a, a open stadium.
1: There would have been two and a half thousand people there. So, but even though the benefit of these modern stadiums, we were completely bone dry throughout the entire match, only yeah. getting home. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, bit... no, but that's the only. <clears throat> if they almost make the comeback stadium perfect, would be having the train station at the at the door. Yeah, so you can quickly just scoot across, but anyway, that's the thing. But 8,000 people, you still had to battle the elements into the, the ground and out of the ground. The traffic, it's, it's not fun to drive in that weather at all, it's very dangerous. And you know, people you know were told, If you can, that weekend from New South Wales, um, <coughs> governments and their departments were telling people, If you can, please stay at home and avoid traveling over the weekend. Um, 8,000 people, that wasn't going to stop us, <coughs> it never does. Mm. Um, so only just sort
1: sure. of 9,000, really, when you look at it. 8,837. <laughs> Positives, though, from the game is that um, up against top four side, we we really held our own for most of it, even though you could clearly see that the Sharks were a class above.
0: Yeah, but I was... <clears throat> an interesting thought about the game. Not saying that... that if it was drier, the Bulldogs have been playing a much more attacking style of football under Mick Potter. Um, and we've been able to score more points, and we will we shift the ball around a lot more under Mick and back ourselves mm. a little bit. Like, you know, the Burton's crossfield kicks, mm. early tackle counts to get out of danger and stuff like that. Those... Well, even, even the spiralling <coughs> kicks, he um,
1: couldn't quite get the same amount of purchase on the heavy ball to get it as high or get it wobbling as much as it was. Uh, and he has in previous games, so even his biggest weapon that we thought may be a bit of an issue for the Sharks' back free in wet weather... Turned out to be, um, you know, d- it didn't work out that way at all.
0: No, 100%. And that's why I was thinking if it was drier, would it just would it suit the Bulldogs if we we're playing under you know no rain uh, conditions? And would we have been better suited? Could have we pushed Cronulla? or would Cronulla even be a step above again because of the rain? So it's an interesting one. Um, we did hold our own, we uh played well against them. Uh, I think there's some positives. Um, like you look at the run for Talon Mariner going over the line and dropping the ball. Yeah, there was a couple funny. of there was a couple of game changes, couple of things that happened that that really turned the game. That was one of them. Yeah, Curtis Morin, uh, no try from the bunker after pushing. Yeah, I, I, gotta, s- other
1: way. I gotta say I don't agree with that call at, at the ground. If the Sharks players were standing in front of the ball in the try line, Moran's running towards the ball. <laughs> and I think he's targeting the ball and just bumps into the players who are standing in the way. If you're standing in the way of the ball, you're playing at the ball, play on for mine, that should have been a try. Now, it wouldn't have changed the result of the game, but um, I heard Josh Jackson talk afterwards, and he said it was a pretty tough call against the Dogs, that, as well. So I went back home and watched it on the TV as well, and it didn't change my opinion. I thought it might have been one of those ones where I see it a bit more up close I, I may change my opinion. Um, so I was annoyed at the ground, but even
0: more so when I watched it on now uh, the KO mini. Yeah, but I um, can agree with you a little bit. I reckon it's tough. If you're standing in front of the ball, where it's like, especially it's on the in the try line, sitting there. Yeah. And you're standing there. I don't care if you get shoved out of the way. Get out of the way. Someone's trying to score. Like, and if you, you watch want...
1: the, doesn't <clears throat> actually put the two hands up, or even the one hand with the palm and push in the back. He actually braces himself with his forearm. Because he's uh, the collision is about to happen. It's not a push.
0: Yeah, but even like, even if he did was to blatantly push him out of the way to score the try, he's staying in front of the ball. Because mm. like, if, if the ball was rolling, <coughs> which was very hard because a lot of the time there was a, a bomb by both teams that would just land in the puddle yeah. and just poof, the ball stopped moving. The ball just always floated mm. in the puddle, uh, which was pretty funny. But if we just put scenario, it's a dry weather game and mm. the player was shielding the ball dead yeah you push him you push him in his back and he falls into the ball Yeah, he takes it dead they get a drop out and you yeah. shove so him I into the ball
1: I don't agree about the shoving or the pushing but if you <laughs> bump somebody and by a bump I don't mean like a shoulder bump I mean if you're running towards the ball <clears> and you collide <throat> with somebody and that causes them to touch the ball then I agree with you. I don't agree with players just pushing people in the back. That should be a penalty. But if you if you bump into somebody while going for the ball, um, yep. that's it's the, the other player playing it as We've well. We've seen
0: people being pushed into the ball as it's going dead. They've taken it out dead or they've bumped it into, de- like t- into t- oh, touch and yeah. goal or whatever. They've been trying be to be drop out the going ball.
1: going back a couple of years now. Recently, they've been ruled <laughs> as um, player push, so not play that. It.
0: No, yeah.
1: But anyway, anyway,
0: I think if you're shooting the ball... Are you seeing that? You, my opinion. I'm not debating the rules or anything. I, my opinion that I wouldn't mind if you're standing in front of the ball, blocking the ball. You, you should be able to be pushed out of the way. If you're gonna stand in front of the ball. You deserve to. You know, deserve to be in contact.
1: Curtis Morin. Uh, he had a fairly good game given the conditions. A player. <coughs> let was going to go to the top three, but we'll get there later. A player that won't remember the game, unfortunately, is Declan Casey on debut, and he was having a bit of a game to forget anyway. Uh, there there's a couple of errors. I'll just pull that up really quickly. Now, he had three errors in his um, time on the field, which was only uh, 52 minutes, uh, but particularly that first half, I think he was struggling a little bit. Um, and, and, you know really harsh conditions to make your debut. You'd be you'd be cheering that you get told that you're making the NRL debut, a lifelong dream about to happen. You'd wake up in the morning and go, Ah,
0: bugger. <laughs> and <when>
1: the weather forecast is <laughs>
0: exactly what they said it was gonna be especially, especially
1: for an outside back. So it wasn't working out well for him. Uh good to see a big uh, support base in the crowd. Um, but yeah he was having a game to forget and then he did forget it when he got bumped in a uh, sort of a sickening concussion.
0: Well I'm gonna say Congratulations, Declan. He deserved, in my opinion, deserved a shot top grade. Um, oh, he's been I'm, killing it in the cup. And I want to say, <clears throat> I hope personally he gets an, at least another game this year. Um, hopefully, one where the conditions aren't anything like that, where we can actually see Declan. You know, first game you're gonna have the jitters as it is. You're gonna be nervous. You expect those. You know, sometimes those little funny errors and stuff. Add the rain on top, makes it hundred times harder. One of his errors, I want to give him off by it like he was trying to run out of danger and I think he got the balls past his quads. Like mm. he really had to bend and try to catch it and he knocked on the ball. I'm gonna give one of the errors actually a passing error from Jerry Marshall King to him. Um and but yeah he didn't have the best well, he scamp,
1: might get but... he, he might get a shot this week. He's been named on the reserves for the game against the Rabbitohs and chops out now uh with uh Covid. Haven't had a replacement named yet so there's a possibility that um Declan well, could come into it. So that would be interesting.
0: I hope he does. He's had a good attitude after it. Um, posted on Instagram saying he was grateful and mm. playing, hopefully This is he's going hopefully. back to training and to train hard, work hard, and hopefully get back into that top grade side. Yeah. So, so hopefully, hopefully he
1: he does remember the game. Obviously that was just a bit of a oh yeah. a bit of a joke okay. over with the errors. even when he got
0: knocked out by Fafida, he was trying to put a shot on on Adrian Fafida. <laughs> And that's a that's a rookie mistake because Andrew is someone, he's a big boy, Andrew. You know, <laughs> I, wouldn't I don't it. know if he's just slipped. He's <coughs> run down I, there as fast as he could and slipped. And I, I he think he was like. trying to put a shot on and trying to inspire the boys maybe trying to get the loose ball or trying to get awesome. something to happen and then mm-hmm. knock himself out doing it. Um, but you know, what, actually, what's really, really upset me at that occasion, that moment is when Declan Casey was laying on the ground, uh, Nico Hines and Andrew Fafida went and high-fived each other whilst he was on mm. the ground and not moving. And now the reason I'm not saying, well, i annoyed by it, is the place he wasn't moving, and Nico and Andrew Fida went to a celebrational high five. And I don't like that because, first of all, you don't you shouldn't be celebrating someone being knocked out. It wasn't like Nico went up to Andrew Fita, and Andrew Fita looked really shocked and worried. And Nico put his arm around him and said, no, mate, it's like, you know, completely just accident. They actually celebrated and high five. And you'd think someone like Andrew Fita, who almost lost his life on a football field, might actually have some more respect on someone who... Was knocked out cold. He was asleep before he hit the ground. We all saw Declan Casey when he got hit. He didn't, it wasn't like his head hit the ground and knocked himself out. It was the fact he was asleep while he was landing on the ground. So
1: know, also... I,
0: I, I didn't see that, but I do remember um,
1: the tired Bulldogs pack cheering and celebrating when Marco Milley locked Bryce Gibbs out. So it does happen. Um, no, yeah, but so...
0: I'm saying, saying there's two players who did not show any concern and they high five each other. And I saw some, even Sharks fans said that was a bit tasteless. And All right, I didn't see it. Um, yeah, well, I'm just I'm expressing my things for those who yeah. did see it. And you'd think someone like Andrew Vita, who almost died on the football field, would actually have respect for players getting seriously injured, especially around the head.
1: All right, moving on to players of the week, 3, 2, and 1.
0: <laughs> uh, who have you got? I got Jerry Marshall King on three. I don't think anyone else. I, I'm I don't know who you got a three, but I think no one else could compete with Jerry Marshall King. He looked dangerous. Ever since he signed for the Dolphins, he's absolutely killing it, which makes you a little bit sad because he's not going to be here next year. Uh, But it's good to see him go well. He ran over, he ran for on the dot of 100 meters. Like to know when the last time someone hit 100 on the dot in meters, like not 101 or 99. Uh, He just looks dangerous. Five tackle breaks, a line break. He also made 45 tackles. in that conditions. So I think he was, was outstanding. So that's why I was giving him three points. Yeah, I've gone with
1: um, Raymond Fatala Mariner. Uh wasn't a game for the outside backs, uh, obviously, and Fatala Mariner has made a huge difference uh, since coming into the team. Um, obviously playing off the bench, however, he is playing a position that he's, we've spoke about it before, just as important as any of the starters. He had 62 minutes, um, 18 hit-ups, were just under 150 metres, including 51 post-contact metres. Two tackle breaks and offload uh, and 22 tackles. Obviously, he had that unfortunate moment across the try line, uh, but I'll put that down to the conditions.
0: (coughs) Well, I agree. I'll give him two points. I'm going to add a a story into that. Um, (coughs) Raymond Fattelamana, when he came on, was after a dropout, or as a dropout was doing by Cronella, and he ran on. It was a bit of a clap into the the grandstands, and Fattelamana went up to the crowd and gave him a bit of a clap and a bit of a a, a greeting an introduction of such so um I, you've added everything about his playing ability on the game so I thought I'd just add that he's a bit of a character as well and to Roxhol you say he's as important I reckon he's uh, one of the the most important part of our pack coming off the interchange bench like especially if we get off to a good start he's got to keep it going and if we get off to a not so good start he's got to try to find the fire in our team so I reckon he's got the one of the toughest uh, positions in our pack coming on and not going off.
1: All right. And who did you have for your? Well, you, that was your two points. So I'll <coughs> go for Corey Waddell uh, for my two again. I think he's been uh, pretty underrated overall, to be honest. Um, I think he's done the hard yards this year. And I know he's not everyone's cup of tea a player, but you look at his work, I don't think you could really argue too much with his effort. So 80 minutes, uh, 172 run meters. Uh, 63 of those were post-contact, uh, a tackle break there as well. Only um, 19 tackles in defence, but um, most of the traffic was going through the middle. So i really been impressed with his work rate this year. Uh,
0: <coughs> I agree. I gave him one point, uh, Corey Waddell. And if I want to add is, if we were playing the site, <coughs> uh, if we are playing the side who was, was top eight, or even, you know, well, top eight, but top four even. I really would hear stories about Corey, how he's the unsung hero of the mm. team and how he plays a lot of minutes, uh, gets for a lot of work and all that. And unfortunately, he's playing a side that's not winning as much. Um, the only thing you could probably maybe tweak is the occasional time he gets a bit sloppy and maybe smacks him on the head or you know, give away a penalty or give away six more. Is probably his biggest letdown. But apart from that, like he's doing a lot of work this year. He's making a lot of tackles. He's... Um, He's just a workhorse at the moment. And I feel like if we're on a winning side, I feel like you'd be praised as you know the unsung hero that every team needs a player like that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, when you're playing in a side where it's not winning as much and you're one of those players, you become an easy target. It's, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll relate it to a bit like Aiden Tolman when he first came to the Bulldogs. Everyone was calling him the unsung hero. We don't start to win as much anymore. And then a lot of fans were like, oh, we should drop him. I feel mean, like you know, they're the easiest to be under the attack when they're losing those type of players.
1: That's right. And um, for my one point, I mean, your points have been covered with, with my ones. Uh, I've gone one point to Jake Averillo. Now, it wasn't a game for the outside backs, but his effort. Uh, He's always there, regardless what position he's playing, what conditions are going on, and he's really making a fist of the fullback position. Uh, and he scored our lone try as well. So for me, Jake Relo gets a point there. That leaves our top five uh, to update it. Uh, our top five looks this way: Maddie Burden first on twenty-nine points, Josh Anakar second on nineteen points, and Paul Vaughan third on sixteen points. Interesting that none of those players polled. In the last round, tied fourth, uh the brothers Max King and Jeremy Marshall King, of course, only joking, and Luke Thompson. Uh, they are at fourteen points. Sorry, Luke Thompson is tied with Corey Woodell on nine for fifth spot. So that's the Player of the Year. That will be really heating up now with eight matches to go. I think it is. So um I best we I guess we better address it now. I had a look at the ladder just after Origin, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um. And the dogs will have to win all eight games if there are any chance of making the Fox. Yeah, no, in, I, in my
0: in my calculations. Yeah, I was doing the calculations as well. I'm not lying. I was doing it uh, before the sharks came and said they mm-hmm. could only drop one it was my calculation. So we've gone yeah, for seven. Yes. like we could before probably the sharks,
1: we could before, before oh, right, right, right before the sharks I, came. I reckon we could probably drop one as well, given the new twenty five round structure if we get lucky. Oh yeah, yeah, I, if we get lucky, but um <laughs> It's not impossible if we lose one more game, but yeah, I, I stood off the twenty-eight point rule. So yeah, I got the, t- need to win all the games.
0: I got the twenty-eight point rule because if you mm. usually get it, you, you you're, you're in, right? If you yeah. get twenty-six, I know there was maybe last year, the year before twenty, not the year before. Yeah, I think October, since but the 25. round
1: twenty-five, since we went to round twenty-five, so round twenty-six, I think a couple of teams or one team has done it. with yeah, twenty-six? So
0: if you get twenty-six. I know there's been times in the years by 26 and you could, uh, you have like 9 for 10 for 11 for whatever, even end up 26 or 9 for 10 for yeah. end up 26. We need to rely on our for and against. Now, our poor start to the season uh, yeah. has really, you know, ruled well, that for we're and against. bit worse for and against.
1: So our four and against minus 119, it's better than the Titans and the Tigers below us. It's better than the Knights and the Warriors above us. So you yeah, can make like... a statement that we're the best team out of the. Bottom five.
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's a good way of looking. It if we say bottom eight, but my point for me is that if we're going to rely on four against, we, if we're going to drop one more game, we're going to have to start smacking some teams. And I know we we smacked the Eels and the Tigers. Yeah, but we're going to make it like a real habit. Well, and if we do lose another game, we can't lose by more than ten. I'd say. To re- if you want to really do that mathematical thing, just so you don't knock your four against. probably probably more than six. <laughs> looking at Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. I was in the calculation, here yeah, before the Sharks. I said we could drop one more this, this year to play it nice and safe. So if we win every game this year, we're playing finals. That's right.
1: Okay. Any Bulldogs lose that you want to cover off, Scott?
0: Yeah. So, well, we, like you said earlier, Aaron Shop won't be playing on the weekend, uh, which I thought maybe we could just use it as a quick opportunity to say, who would you replace him out of the people in 24? How mm. would you cover that? Um, well, i probably test positive to COVID nineteen for those who realize. Oh, sorry, for those who might not have heard earlier, but yeah, COVID nineteen has knocked out. Shot for the weekend's game. Um, yeah, I'd, if Casey's ready to go, I'd bring in Casey. Yeah, I him mean for confidence as well. Like, I mm. mean, could, would, what a story if he actually scores a try against us. Yeah. That yeah, would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I would go with uh, second case. I've actually seen some fans say, uh, put in um, Dufty and put Dufty to fullback and move Avarillo to centre. Mm. And I'm like, why would you move the guy who's performing really well at fullback? I hate, you know, trying to when you shuffle a team around a, you know, a res, they're moving our best uh, fullback this year, he has been our best fullback this year, who's um, actually playing really well, why would you move him out of Mm. fullback. So I don't like that suggestion, people saying, move Dufty no. back to fullback. If you're going to play Dufty, in my opinion, is he'd have to play center or wing Yeah, to, you, to fit that. You don't play Dufty. No, I'm just saying for people who want Dufty in, no, you, don't you, shuffle. No, you don't you, shuffle your fullback. Dufty's only a fullback, that's the problem. He's got, mm. in
1: the NRL level, he's got no flexibility about him if he's not playing fullback he's not playing um no but i was just saying aburillo is probably the long-term fullback there so that would be that would be good uh leave him there let him to keep um to keep uh developing if Casey's not right and the nrl doesn't allow us to bring in another player from outside i suppose you could always move cory Waddell into the center and um bring in Jackson Torpenny for his first game, which would be good to see as well.
0: I would actually say, okay, the NRL says Declan can't play. I would No, I'm not you. saying
1: Declan can't play. I'm saying if he, if Declan's still having effects from the oh, yeah, I'm not that's saying what I mean. if he is or not, but if he is, and then the NRL don't allow us to that's add a enough. 23rd player, that's what I'd do.
0: <coughs> no, I was sorry. What I meant was, I was saying with Declan not yep. being cleared, and that we can't get another player added, I would just put Jackson Torpenny straight in the centre.
1: Yeah, it was that as well. Um, I mean, it'd
0: be a big arc. He hasn't played a top-grade game and straight into 80. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Waddell's probably got a bit more experience playing centre than uh, top as well. All right, yeah. apart from that, it has been pretty quiet for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, uh, there the origin and... Okay,
0: yep. I was... I was s- sorry, I was going to say, uh, Luke Thompson has arrived back in the country this yep. week. Uh, so he's back. So, again, we don't know the exact reason why I left the country. We just know it's personal reasons. Absolutely. And I just, yep. I just want to, yeah, I'm not going to speculate or anything, but I just want to make, mm. just pass the message. I hope Luke is, and family or what, whatever was impacted, are doing better now. And they're mm. in a better space. And I hope Luke and everyone who's affected by whatever happened is doing fine. And hopefully we can see Luke Thompson back next week. Uh, after the South game, he was coming back and I, th- I think he was either back Monday night or Tuesday morning. So it's probably a wise decision not to be named. <laughs> straight away after a few weeks off. And he did have the concussion, delayed symptoms of concussion as well to look at. And he still has to be clear for that as well before he comes back to play. Yeah, Okay.
1: And the probably early other bit of news really is uh Maddie Burden. A couple of things happened in Origin uh last night he got sinbilled for a fight, which so this is why I don't like the punching grill. I don't like the if you throw a punch automatically in the bin, because what is he supposed to do? Hmm. He's done nothing wrong, he's just been assaulted by a player running at him for no reason whatsoever. He's throwing punches at you, you're supposed to just stand there and let him take the shot, or you're supposed to do a Ben Craig and run away. Like, come on, if, if I reckon someone throws a punch at you, like in that situation, uh, and the punches keep coming, you should be. Uh, should be some common sense there with the referees. Like, what is he supposed to do? And then you got the Tino situation coming in with the headlock crocodile roll. Uh, if that was the NRL, he would have been sin as well. Uh, but, yeah, Origin, we can't have 12 on the 11, uh, but that's going into Origin chat. But, yeah, poor Matty Burnham getting sin in his what? second Origin game. The other bit of news out of uh, Origin for Burnham was that kick that he put into orbit um, almost set off the missile defence systems for Brisbane.
0: <laughs> I of rocket
1: was coming into the city. Um,
0: I actually saw a tweet, I don't know if it was from Qantas or someone made a joke in Photoshop Qantas, mm. but they said they were going to delay flights from Brisbane until Origin was over <laughs> for the safety of everyone at Ed Burton yeah. playing. Like, the, imagine the, that, hitting a place.
1: Funniest one I saw was actually from Channel 9. Uh, yesterday was also the day we got the, the infrared photos from NASA. So the first coloured photos from the uh, from that far out in uh, space, I don't know the technical words. And uh, Channel Nine edited it to have the the football,
0: uh, that's
1: funny, <laughs> appear in the NASA, NASA telescope photo from uh, as far away as ways we've ever seen infrared I- images. Uh, that's what yeah, I thought was
0: pretty well, can actually we are uh, I mean a Bulldogs podcast, and mm. we, we did chat a bit about origin. You said how depressing it was. Nishal's mm. down um We we did speak about Nishal's winning last podcast very shortly, uh, very briefly. Mm. If we go back to that fight, yeah. To me, I just want to put this out there for listeners, for those because I reckon majority of the listeners would be interested in Origin. do You reckon? Yeah, one way or another. Yeah. So I want to say, <laughs> yeah, I want to say, like Dane Gagai first of all, because mm. you know that Burton trip over. Ponga, I think it was what set it all off. It was, was a collision. No, yeah, because he's trying to get back outside. No, yeah, it was he was trying to accident. get
1: outside, and, and Ponga was trying to get into the attacking line, and they just bumped into yeah. each other. They both, yeah. both, well, not yeah. at five, but they both just bumped each
0: other. Yeah. Yeah, a, a complete accident. And yeah, yeah, that's how you kind of know, also, I think Ponga treated it as an accident because he wasn't involved in the fight. Do you know what Yeah. I mean? yeah. He was trying to get up and keep playing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's when you kind of know when the person who's been wronged. Supposedly. supposedly, yeah, supposedly yeah. been wronged, has no interest in kicking his you know backside yeah. or you know throwing some punches. Yeah, Dan Gaga comes from behind, yeah, and knocks over burn. For me, I might be a Nissophile. Well, you know I'm Nissophiles fan, I'm not might okay. be a fan. I might have my blue eyes on or whatever, or you know, one whatever it is. But Dan Gaga attacked a player. We've got him looking. Yeah. Then through punches. Yeah. For me, that is un-Australian. that is cowardly, that's a send-off. You cannot I want to use Brent Finch's words where the A-League fight, and they said if you're going to fight someone, you're going to be, you know, Brent Finch is a dickhead about it. You at least throw a punch knowing that – or start a fight with someone knowing that you're going to start a fight. Mm. You don't just do it when someone's not looking. That's what he did. For me
1: – don't know if Brent Finch is the moral compass, though, at the moment. We'll I know. I should, what's going Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, should, I, should,
0: that was, I said his name and then didn't realise what um, what's happening. But Interesting so, take. I haven't <laughs> – It's hard to argue –
1: However, the way I would have dealt with it was I would have... Uh, under the rules, remember? I think under the rules, Burton, Gay Guy, and Tino should have went for 10. Um, but... Well, I was, but, I
0: was
1: like in, I said earlier, I'd like to change the rules. That If a player is attacked like that, they can defend themselves.
0: Yeah, no, uh, defend themselves... With within way within way.
1: reason. Like, if, if Burton then puts one on Gay Guy's chin and he drops to the ground and he just keeps going, then he probably <laughs> <laughs> gets
0: off the field as well. No, but, I mean, I'm, <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> but... What? So yeah, they at least got the ten in the bin. Um, yeah. But Tino, again, mm. talk about coming from behind. Talking about even bigger coward, and holding someone. And Dane... sorry, but I never noticed it
1: before. He played really. I thought he played really dirty last night. Never yeah, noticed. No. It
0: no, I always thought he's a clean player. And I'll, yeah. I've been a big fan of Tino in the Titans in the store. But anyway, yeah. we did last night. He held a player. Which is our Matt Burton. And I might be a bit more defensive because he's our manny boy. He's our he's, mm. our, he's our boy. We're gonna look after him. Whilst Dane kept punching him in the face, mm. so now we've got someone pinning someone to be punched, yeah. and then before the crocodile roll. So now Dane is not just attacked someone from behind, he's now yeah. attacking someone who can't defend themselves. So mm. to me, Dane has crossed the line twice for cowardly act He should be sent off, brought back in and then punched by Ashley Klein, and sent back off. No, excuse me, the the punch by Ashley Klein. But Tina
1: would that be a real let the referee go, okay, mate. You've done the wrong thing here. Now you can choose your own punishment. Do you want 10 in the bin, or I could give you get one free shot on your chin? What do you want?
0: <laughs> but what Tino did as well that will bring the fans back. Well, that it was a full house, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was 52,300 and something. What Tino did as well. And using I don't know, like you know, using size and everything like that, he came from behind, pinned someone down. That was a coward act. I reckon both of them in my view, origin I don't care. You don't talk about your thing. You know, stop blame the referee for sin bidding players like when they started blaming the referee for sin bidding fleece kafusi mm-hmm. last origin because you know there's too many ruck infringements. Ashley Klein did what his job and sin bin someone yeah. and yeah. they said, Oh, he ruined the game. No, no, Ashley Klein didn't ruin the game, didn't ruin the yeah. thing. Fleece Cafusi ruined the game. And then Four the people were same.
1: complaining that Peter did did the same thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dragons game. Yes. Anyway. yes. Yeah. But in my view, I would have sent, I don't know if I'm new, because I'm missing files, I would have sent both Dan Gagai and Felice Kofesi, oh, sorry. Tino, I just sent Felice's name, Tino off the field mm. because they were both dog acts. They're both cowardly. Um, and for <laughs> Daly Cherry Evans to even. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just,
1: just laughing at the thought of the referees using that terminology. Dog act, you're
0: off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. But it, 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 it is. Like, you don't attack someone from behind. Like if or Tino, the, came... Or when you go to the judiciary, it's been charged with a grade four dog act. Ooh. <laughs> because I'm just thinking, if they both went fa- fisty, f- fisty cuffs at each other and they Matt Benton was aware of what was going on, fair play. If Tino came in and grabbed Matt Benton and chucked him out of the way to stop him from getting hit, Fair play. Yeah. Tino grabbed him and then watched Dane Gango hit him a few times before he flipped him to the ground. They knew what they were doing. They were both cowardly. Um, and for them not to get suspended, I know they got fined and all that. And Burton got fined the same, by the way. Yeah, well,
1: those are the new rules, so. Hey? The new origin of final rules. I
0: just don't... No, I just don't get it. I just... You fight with... Like, if they were just doing a normal... you know. It is.
1: They brought in new reels this yeah, year that if the punishments are lighter for the finals and Origin for some reason. No,
0: I did see that. I'm just saying that yeah. the way it was presented, like, it wasn't yeah. like a one-on-one and then Tino kind of came in because Dang was couldn't hold and then he, you know, within reason tried to, you know, hit... He didn't even attack another blue. He just picked on Matt Burton and all that. It wasn't like they had yeah. a bit of a fisticuff over here and it was even playing field. It was not an even playing field and it was very un-Australian by both of them. And... I think they should be punished harsher. Batburn, I agree with you. If you're getting punched in the head, you're he's gonna punch, you're gonna try to punch back. Matt Batburn had a few good swings. I think uh Dane caught a cold on a couple of those swings that he was swinging mm. around at him. But yeah, that's cause he was attacked from behind. And I just I don't know, I don't like
1: well, I not couple of couple of things there, if cherry oh. Evans talks to the ref like that in our old game, he's liking to stay on the field as well. That's uh, but uh <laughs> that's all,
0: another your points, point.
1: all your points are um uh, uh, well made there. I will stick up for Dan Gargai in the other moment when Sir and Cobo uh, got knocked out in a sickening collision. Oh, a four uh, and watched. then a ridiculous amount of players stupidly started fighting over the top of an injured player who couldn't have had a neck injury. Um, and Dan Gargai got on hands and knees to to lay his body over Sir and Cobo to protect him. No, so, well done. No, but well different, done for different situation. In that situation, uh
0: that was very Australian. Well done to Dane. No, um, but yeah, good point. When you, you got If you want to call them out when they do something wrong, praise yeah. them when they do something right. Jerome uh, right. Lawai, and, and, what a clown. That's uh, What a clown screaming on top of a knocked-out player. Okay.
1: Sorry, uh, of, he, he just screamed at him he was out. We've got the Bulldogs and the Rabadais are answered Stadium at 4 o'clock in the New South Wales Cup. Matt Dufty's been laid, the fullback back on the wing with Isaac Lumi-Lumi, who I've got to say, I've been disappointed with him this year, unfortunately. Uh, I think the so last it's...
0: few... Sorry, the last few weeks we used to you disappointed with Isaac Lumi-Lumi, sorry to interrupt. I think since he's been put on those reserve lists, I feel like he's going backwards a little bit. I thought he was okay, and then...
1: I've been watching him pretty closely in all the games this year, to be honest, and I, I've been pretty, ups- yeah, disappointed. Um... Yeah. Fair. Centres, Credence Toya and Declan Casey in the halves. Brandon Wakeman makes his return from the old eye gouge at Belmore. Up front, Jason Tanner and Chris Patolo. Josh Cook, the hooker. Reese Hoffman, Jackson Torpenny, and Philip Makatoa are the locks. Ryan Gray, Matt Dury, Harrison Edwards and Jarrell Skelton, who's our new signing. That was news from the last couple of weeks. Jarrell Skelton, the former Aussie rugby sevens player, has signed on a trainer trial with the Bulldogs and he's on the bench this week against the Rabbitohs in the Cup. So watch out for him. I think he's the cousin or um, some brother of, uh, or some relation to William Skelton, who is a big name in rugby union. In the, the NRL will kick off at quarter past six at night time. The Bulldogs' favourite slot, apparently, this year. Started off the season, felt like exclusively in this slot. And uh, the Halves. Uh, and Matty Burden and Kyle Flanagan, so hopefully Maddie Burden does back up. Jake Averill is the fullback again. Uh, Jacob Carraz and, and Josh Hedekar in the wings. Aaron Shock and Brandon Burns in the centres. Up forward, Max Kinn, Jeremy Marshall King, and Paul Vaughan. Second row is Josh Jackson and Corey Waddell with Tabita Pangai Jr. at lock. Our bench, Zach Dock Clay, Curtis Murray, Joe Stibson, and Raymond Vitala Mariner. The reserve list is Declan Casey, Bailey Biondioto, Jackson Torpenny, Chris Patolo, and Matt Dufty. So, hopefully, the conditions this weekend are a bit better than our last game. We need to win all the games to make finals. The run to the finals start now, Scotty. So, hopefully, a big crowd comes up to see uh, us play at a core cool stadium against one of our big rivals.
0: No, good. Well done. There's two games. I think there'll be two good games as well because it's a top eight Clash at New South Wales Cup. Um, yeah.
1: South Cup.
0: Do you know anything more about that Jarrell Skelton? I've I've heard he's obviously signed in as a rugby player, but I heard maybe a second row center.
1: Yeah, well the um, thing with rugby sevens players, I actually think it's an untapped market for rugby league, <laughs> to be honest. I think I mentioned it to you Scotty a couple of months ago that <laughs> yeah, rugby seven players actually um <coughs> might have been last year actually. Rugby seven players uh only get on average, I think, 50000 fifteen to sixty thousand dollars a year. And they're playing, I think, ten to twelve tournaments. Uh, across the season. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously they've got the World Cup as well. Uh, it's it's interesting because it's such a limited sport with players on the field, you end up with these hybrid sort of positional players. So it will be interesting to see where he lands. I'd imagine, I haven't seen him play too much, too, to be honest, but um, I've seen a couple of highlights. I'd imagine he's probably more of a centre, okay.
0: but you never know
1: until he gets on the field. Um, we'll see how he goes. He has got the pace, though, so if he plays second row, if you one of the faster second rowers, uh, but if he plays uh, centre, I think uh, it would be interesting to see how he goes. Lachlan Miller's filled in at fullback for the Midtown Jets in one game in the NRL really, really well this year, and obviously in the NRLW we've seen players um, come over for Rugby 7. Some of them started off in league, went to Rugby 7s in the back. Some of them have um, you know, started Rugby 7s and come across and they've slotted in well, so it would be interesting to See how he goes. I know his brother. I think his brother's name is William. I think he's a big guy. He'd probably probably be a prop in uh, in rugby league.
0: I was going to say, and one interesting thing too is uh, our reserve for the New South Cup, Uh, Joshua Stuckley. He's a top thirty player.
1: Well, that New South Cup could change dramatically. it probably will. No, Um, yeah, I
0: know. I just. Not ideal being a top 30 and not making...
1: I'll tell you what, we'll watch We'll watch Jarrell Skelton on the weekend and we'll talk about it next week, see see what yeah. position we see him fit in. Um, he's no, coming off the bench though, sweet. so coming off the bench could be a bit hard because they could put him as a second rower off the bench. Uh, he could play almost like a, a, like a wide-running second rower, almost centre-type position. But we'll see what happens. <coughs> Apart from that, we'll see everybody at a core cool stadium on Sunday night.